In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. It's official. I'm back in the Marble Arts Studios of London. It's 2.20 a.m. in London, and I'm here with Andrew Harbel. Andrew, did I say that correct? You did, just like the coach for that awful team in Baltimore. Mr. Harbel, yeah? Yes. Well, you could say for the Ohio State fans, the other guy they don't like very much, yeah? In correct, Michigan. yes. First of all, Andrew, is there any connection? My grandmother claims there is, but she's off the wall crazy some days. So I, we just agree to disagree with her, but it's a joke for a while when I was younger for Christmas from them, I'd get Jim Harbaugh football cards, Colts, Bears, Chargers. So it's a running gag in our family. So it's, it's fun. We play with it. Okay. Any of my regular listeners, please don't switch off at this point because I think he's actually joking. I don't think he's anything to do with the Ravens and he's nothing to do with Michigan. So no, please, no, absolutely not. Please carry on listening. So, uh, Andrew, you challenged me and I, I don't like being challenged because I'll <laughs> always complete every challenge that anyone ever challenges me. So you've challenged me to neck a beer, if that's correct. Yes. Yep. No, it's um something that I can't remember his name and I apologize Somebody who listens to the Stick to Football podcast started it because they were talking about the quarterbacks doing it. Uh, And so from there, we all kind of talked about it and we said, why don't we turn this into a charity thing? Kind of like what we did with the Ice Bucket Challenge and the Egg Challenge for the pediatric cancer. And Matt Miller, who's the lead draft analyst for Bleacher Report, runs a fantastic foundation called the 417 Foundation, helping kids in his area get coats when it's cold take care of families' bills when their family members lose their jobs, and just so many tremendous things. And he's helped me out a lot personally, too, helped me get down to Mobile for the Senior Bowl this past year as well. And he's just a really good guy, and all of us that listen to the podcast know that and recognize that. And and why not help out somebody else whenever they need it? I mean, that's what the good in the world's not talked about enough, and small stuff like this can make a really big difference. All right, cool. So I'm going to neck a beer. Okay. <laughs> and for every retweet I'm going to get on that down in a beer, I'm going to date, donate a dollar. How about that? That sounds great. That's awesome. I'll be sure to share to get as many other people to share it as well, if that's okay with you. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> I want to break the bank for you. I need to save my bank funds, but I will honor whatever, how many retweets it gets, I will, uh, I will honor it. So um, if it gets a thousand dollars, okay? So... You're the man, Paul. Appreciate it. I'm sure Matt will listen to this, too. I texted him a little bit ago saying I was coming on, so I'm sure he'll love to hear that. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, I, and I'll try and do it somewhere nice, somewhere like Buckingham Palace. And uh, but, <laughs> Mate, for any Browns fans out there, I'm very good at drinking shots. 
vodka lemonades, vodka mixers, spirits mixers. But when it comes to pints, this is not my speciality. I'm not a very good <laughs> pint drinker. So uh, I actually avoid drinking beer fast. So um, some, someone in New York, Paul Spencer, said, be careful, America. Paul Brown can outdrink anyone in North America. When, when it comes to beers, mate, I've got no chance. So uh, I'm like Aaron Rodgers when I drink my uh, pint. So uh, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a bit of time. But, mate, if you challenge me, I'll take it up. I appreciate it, Paul. I, I thought of you when we were talking about it, and I said, I'm trying to think of three people that I could have fun with this with. And honestly, you were one of the first people I thought of. I was like, oh, I got to call Paul out. And I said, he'll, because I, I remember you doing so well and the great video you did for the Run Rich Run. And I was like, oh, well, he'll do another great video for this too. So I more or less just want to see your talent, um, even if it's not in the drinking beer, but how well you do with the content. Okay, cool. I like a challenge. So, um, <laughs> give me give me a week let me think of some ideas i've just been i've just done 16 flights in four weeks and oh lord so um yeah i've been quite busy so i will get a video together and i'll try and make it as uh, fun as possible okay i'm thinking buckingham awesome. palace at the moment that's what i'm thinking i'm all for it i can't wait to see that excellent and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself what what do you do in the nfl community i write uh, college football and NFL draft and dabble in some regular NFL as well uh, for a couple different sites. Uh, mainly I do my scouting for the coast to coast scouting network. Um, that's something we just launched a couple weeks ago. My articles, I always get shared on its website up and coming called the score crow. I've been credentialed through them for the senior bowl in mobile, Alabama last year, our head coach, Freddie kitchens neck of the woods in Alabama and was able to make it up to the scouting combine as well this past year. So um, I really focus on the NFL draft. It's something I've loved since I was a kid. Uh, my earliest memory, and the reason I'm a Browns fan, is I Brady Quinn was my favorite player. And I said, wherever he gets drafted, I'll be a fan of and I'll stick with it. And I got lucky enough to be with the Browns. Took a couple years for that bet to pay off, but I think going forward it's going to be a lot of fun. So um, – yeah, it's just the draft is so much fun. I mean, everyone wants reality TV shows between the UK and the US and everything. There's so many options, but I think the best show is the three days the NFL draft happens because you see lives change and you see guys either fall in the draft and get even more motivated or they get drafted early and then they got to prove everyone right as to why they were drafted so high. So it's just more or less – there's so many narratives and so much fun. I just, I can't get enough of it. 24, seven, 365 days a year. So that's really what got me into it. I, I agree with you, but if the Browns have got a first round and a fourth round pick, that's great. This year we didn't have a first round pick. I, I'm going to be really honest. I lost a bit of interest in the draft this year. Isn't that crazy though, that for once we had no interest in the draft um, and anyone listening to, I, Try to remain as unbiased as possible, but if you fo follow me on Twitter, um, at Man Mandrew NFL Draft, I'm liking the Brown stuff. I'm sharing the Brown stuff. I I'm a Browns fan at heart. I can't deny it. But it was weird because it was a different viewing point for the draft. It was almost like I felt like I was working more watching the draft than I was being a fan watching the draft. But at the same time, I'm okay with that because our first-round pick was Odell Beckham Jr., and I, I wouldn't want anybody else in the first round, honestly. So – 
it, it was weird waiting until the second round to see our name called and see our beautiful logo and the great Jim Brown come out and call out Greedy Williams' name. But uh, it definitely is something to get used to, I think. It's going to be nice to look forward to in the future. All right, Andrew. And I'm going to put you on the spot now, okay? I want you to grade the last three-year drafts. So let's start with Ooh. this. Mate, yeah, this is, a, this is a difficult podcast, mate. You get no preparation on this podcast. So no I'll problem. Go 2019, within five seconds, what's your gut grade for the Browns? I would go with a B plus. Um, I love the Greedy Williams pick. I think that's the steal of the draft but i think the rest of it was kind of wishy-washy if i'm being honest i think a couple picks were reached on all right great let's go 2018 five seconds let's hear your gut feeling oh a plus a plus 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 we got our franchise quarterback you got a shutdown corner uh just the two cornerstones for your franchise going forward so i absolutely love that draft all right let's go a little bit deep now corbett chad thomas Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you got Jannard Avery. I, I tweeted out several months ago. I said, I think that's the best draft class from that year. And the Colts had two all pros drafted. So I just think for what it did for the franchise, I think Jannard Avery is a very underrated pass rusher in this league. I think anyone outside of the Browns doesn't necessarily know that yet. Uh, Denzel Ward and Baker Mayfield obviously get all the hype. and Baker Mayfield obviously is in the media enough to keep you and everyone in the back of his mind. So but as far as just impact picks, I think that was the best draft class that year. And it really showed because the way John Dorsey came into Kansas City and turned that team from a 2-14 and 14 team, um, getting them all those wins that next year, same thing with us. I mean, nobody expected it. I was one of the fans. I didn't want Baker to play the first year. I wanted to stick with Tarad and uh, just kind of ride that wave a little bit. But then Baker Mayfield kind of came out of nowhere with a force and just really ignited this fan base and the whole Cleveland area and obviously you over here. And so it's just, that was a franchise changing draft. I mean, like I said, a plus plus. All right. 2017, five seconds. What's your gut feel? Well, we'll start on the back end. Jabril Peppers turned into Odell Beckham Jr. So I'm not going to complain with that, obviously. Um, He kind of started to play better this year. And then David Njoku is one of my favorite players. I absolutely love him. I think he's going to be a top five tight end in this league in a couple of years. And then Miles Garrett, who's the only Browns jersey I own right now, and I named my youngest son Miles. His middle name is Miles because of Miles Garrett. So I, I give that draft an A plus as well. You got a franchise cornerstone again on the defensive line with Miles Garrett, who's I think a top five pass rusher in this league. But we did take Kaiser. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it was – there were some picks later that weren't as big necessarily, but they're kind of paying off as far as role players. Um, I just really think with – I probably – I'm not happy they traded up for Jabril. I think he was one of those guys where you took in the first because they could have utilized that fifth-year option to kind of figure out what he's going to be. And he kind of was playing that Jamal Adams slasher type of role on defense. Um, but I really like the Njoku and the Miles Garrett part. If you, you got to nail your first round picks in order to have a good draft, but then in rounds four through seven is where you make or break the draft with like your dart throws. So if you can hit with a couple of them uh, off the top of my head, I apologize that those later picks I don't have in front of me right now. Cause you caught me off guard, like you said, but 
Miles Garrett being the benchmark for that draft. The rest of it, I just could be average, and it would still be an A plus for me. Yeah, I think that the the um, the key one was uh, Ogunjobi in the third round. And uh, yeah, no, Ogun Joby, I think's phenomenal. I forgot we got him that year. I was thinking he was in here a little bit longer. Um, no, that front the front line now with Miles Garrett. Olivier Vernon, Ogunjobi. I wish we could have got Gerald McCoy to go in there as well. But Ogunjobi, I think, again, he's kind of like Jannard Avery where us Browns fans love and appreciate his work. But outside of us, he's not very well known yet. And coming from a D2 school like Charlotte, that was definitely a Greg Williams type pick. And they said that at the time. And I think he's learned enough under Greg Williams to where this coming year, I think we're really going to see him step up, uh, especially after getting a third year of NFL head coaching after being at D2 Charlotte. No offense to that school, but D2's D2 at times. Yeah, the other names were just um, Howard Wilson, corner, corner, um, Roderick Johnson, uh, tackle, Zane Gonzalez, kicker, Cabello, yeah, well. <laughs> and Matthews Days. So I was expecting a lot more from the later depth of the... Uh, yeah. But yeah. All right, cool. I Let's think Days Days has been a nice special teams player too. I'll give him credit. He's, where's he now? He's gone. Um, I have to, he's gone somewhere. He was really good in London. Yeah. He, um, yeah, I was expecting good things from him. But hey, look, we've got a new uh, GM and a new manager in now. So uh, yeah, a lot of things change. Here we go, mate. For Five sure. Seconds. This is the last one. 2016 draft pick. What are you going to give it? 2016 pick. Oh man, you're really making me go back. <laughs> um, one second that was here, Paul. Coleman, uh, Ogba, Nasib. Oh, yeah. Okay, I got you now. Um, yeah, with Ogba, I really, I think he could have been some. I, I liked him. I think trading him, I, I hated to see him go. Kansas City is kind of known for taking players and turning him into something else. I think he's going to be one of those where I just don't think he fit anymore because of Vernon coming in and taking his spot, in which, honestly, I'd rather have Vernon. Um, who else did you say were the picks, Paul? Yeah, so we had uh, Kessler, Sean Coleman as a tackle, Schobert, who we took in the fourth round. Schobert, I, I love Schobert. Ricardo Lewis, obviously, had an injury. Kendrick, I was expecting more. Seth Deval, we still got. And then, um, yeah, Higgins, fifth round. Yeah, Rashard Higgins, I, I absolutely love. And he's been highlighted a lot on the Browns' Twitter because him and Baker seem to have a really good rapport so far in minicamp. Everyone's talking about OBJ Landry and Callaway and Njoku deservedly, but I think Higgins is going to be that security blanket for Baker to wear. If he needs a long play on a third down, I could see him going to Higgins. I think if he needs someone to fight for some extra yards, again, it could be Higgins. And then as you mentioned, Joe Schobert, I, talked to, I was talking to Jeff Lloyd on Twitter the other day, and I – he was talking about how he could be the Pro Bowl twice, have 100 tackles two straight years, and he's still not getting the talk. So that's just similar. I mean, that's typical for Browns players like we've talked about now. Add Joe Schobert to that tier where I talked about with Ogan Joby and Avery. He's a fantastic middle linebacker. I, I love Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward, but I really think the corner the defense runs through our linebacking core with Kirksey and Schobert. So when Kirksey got hurt last year, Schobert had to step up a little bit. And he did play very, very well. Had a lot of crucial interceptions, especially that first week against Pittsburgh. So 
Unfortunately, he didn't score and they had to kick the field goal. Well, attempt to. And, uh, but no, Schobert, I absolutely love. I think he's a great linebacker. Okay, well, look, mate, thanks a lot. Um, just remind me, what was your final grade for 2016? Uh, Schobert saves it a little bit. I'd probably say a, a B, B minus. Nothing too great. Could have been better. That's an English um, C. That's a C. Yeah, so C. But, um, more or less, it could it could have been better, but I think we've got a couple gems there with Schobert. Oh my gosh, excuse me. No worries, mate. It's two o'clock in the two thirty in the morning, so uh, we can start slurring our words. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so um, next thing is for you, mate. You live in uh, Steeler Country. Unfortunately, I do. How I many, deal with a lot of. How many Steeler shirts do you see versus brown shirts? Oh, it's whenever I see a brown shirt, I go out of my way to go up and say hi to him because I know how alone you can feel in this area. Um, no, my job I work at my very first day, um, I work with electronics for a wireless company and I was helping a lady set up an iPad and her wallpaper was Browns or Steelers. And I joked with her. I said, oh, we got it. I said, your screen's broken. And she goes, why? I said, because you got that horrible wallpaper up there. She goes, well, who do you root for? I said, Cleveland. She stopped working with me. She asked for my manager to get somebody different so she wouldn't have to talk anymore. So it's it's normal. I've dealt with it in Pittsburgh. Whenever I go to Pittsburgh, I, I wear my Miles Garrett jersey. I wear my Browns hoodie, shirt, whatever I can find, just because it's something to be proud of, even when they were 1-15, 0-16. I like to think of the Browns fan base as just one big family, and we all stick together, obviously, and you know that. Um, with the tremendous work Freddie Kitchen's done for that um, man who's suffering through his illness. And everyone's rallied around him as well. And his name escapes me right now. But um, we're just one big happy family. Yeah. So stuff like that is just – I'm proud to be a Browns fan, especially more so in this area just because I know how rare it is. Cool, cool. So how many Brown shirts to uh, Steelers shirts where you are? Oh, um – I'd probably say for every 50 Steelers shirts I see, I probably see a brown shirt. Fuck so me it's it. fucking me. I hate, <laughs> I hate this state, yeah? Yeah, it's, it's, I won't it's say, very interesting. So I won't say the state name, but um, Jesus. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty traumatic at times, depending you know on where you're when at. When we play the Steelers and I'm going to go to the game, I'm going to wear my shirt with pride. And I can't wait to see the reaction I get. Are you going to Heinz Field? Uh, unofficially, yes. I haven't got a ticket. I haven't got a flight. But mentally, I'm going to be there. Mentally, you're going to be there. Gotcha. Now, yeah. I've been there with – I. it was a Brady Quinn jersey, albeit. It was a long time ago. I was only 12 years old, but it was quite an experience and something I still remember, and I'm 25. So, no, it, it gets interesting. And there's people that have fun with it, and – then there's always the fans that get taken away with it too much and they ruin it for everybody else. But, and that's, those are even more rare than the Steelers shirts in my areas. Um, give them credit, but no, it's always entertaining, especially in Heinz field to go there. But now that we're on the up and up, I can't wait for us to actually win a game in Heinz field because then that usually ruins the mood of everyone for the Sunday, Monday at my area. All right, cool. Well, look, I'm going to finish up with some predictions. Once again, I'm going to put you on the spot. I want an answer as quick as possible. Who's no going to receive 
the most yards in the wide receiver room at the Cleveland Browns? Odell Beckham Jr. I think it has to be Odell. Okay, excellent. What Browns player is going to get the most... Um... Let me think, let me think, let me think. Tackles. If he's healthy all year, I'm going to go with Kirksey or Schobert. One or the other, mate. This is this is a tough program, mate. I'll go with Schobert. Kirksey, I think, may get injured again, unfortunately. Name five potential pro bowlers for the Browns. Oh, okay. Well, we got Baker, obviously. Um, I think Nick Chubb's going to have a fantastic sophomore season. Uh, OBJ, so there's three. Landry, four. Um, and then I, Joel Batonio, I think, will be the fifth one. And then that's just on offense. So on defense, I think you can even throw some more in. Surprise Browns player that's going to have a uh, amazing season. I think Derek Kindred is going to take the next step. Mate, I think he has to. Oh, my bad. <laughs> my bad. No worries. Um, mate. An English guy that knows more about American football than yourself. How does that feel? Well, there's so many players, Paul. It's hard to keep track sometimes. Um, no, I think apart from who I thought was there still, um, I definitely think Ogunjobi and Avery we talked about. I think both of them. I didn't want to use them just because I felt like that's a cop-out answer because we already talked about them. But I'd probably say Ogunjobi I think is going to thrive, especially not getting double teamed. I'm going to go with Callaway. I think, again, talking about double teams, I think Callaway is going to get a lot of one-on-ones, and I think he's going to be a burner for the team. Definitely a lot of downfield plays. Most sacks, Browns player? It has to be Miles Garrett. I think just because my son's named after him, so easy answer there. Mate, I like that loyalty. And uh, the, the, the uh, final uh, question is, how many yards receiving and running will Chubb get? I'd probably say rushing. He gets about 1,100. I, I think with Hunt coming in towards the end of the year is going to affect his workload a little bit. Um, receiving, I'd probably say two, 300. Nothing over the top. I don't think that's really his strong game, and I think there's going to be so many other targets. Um, I think if Hunt had a full year, that's more his game, but Talking about Chubb, I would say probably two, three hundred, nothing too crazy. Okay. So what's that in total? That would be well for a low ball on it, about thirteen, fourteen hundred total yards. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go crazy. Enough for a Pro Bowl appearance. I'm gonna go two thousand. Ooh. They're going for that David Johnson mark. <laughs> oh excellent. Last last question. What's the Browns win loss record gonna be this year? I was waiting for this one. Um, I, I'm going to go with 11 and five because I think a ceiling is 12 wins. I think a, a floor level is 10. So I'm going to cheat myself and go midway with 11 and five, which still isn't good enough for Freddie Kitchens, I'm sure. Uh, I think 11 and five, he'd be very happy with. <laughs> All right. Here's another tough one. I'm going to put you on the spot. This is actually going to be the last, last, last question. I want something crazy that's going to happen to the Browns this year, this season. Make it up. Make it crazy. What is it going to be? We, nothing too, too crazy, I guess, but it's the craziest scenario, I think, 
for everyone involved in the fan base and the NFL. I think when we play New England, we're both going to be undefeated. And I think we're going to go up to Foxborough and come out of there undefeated. And we're going to give New England their first loss. Awesome. And I think that's really going to be the Browns' arrival. Mate, it's going to be a big, big moment. I'll be there, hopefully, with a ticket and uh, we beat them. Oh, for sure. Well, if you're there, they'll win. They have to. Mate, have you noticed, since I've come uh, public supporting the Browns, we've only uh, gone strength to strength? (laughs) Well, things have got to turn at some point. Yeah. All right. Last thing, Andrew, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter. Um, As I always say, much to my wife's chagrin, I'm on there way too much. Um, At MandrewNFL. Um, just Andrew with an M at the beginning. It's something my nieces and nephews called me before they could really say my name. So at Mandrew NFL Draft, and they can find my work over at The Scorecrow and at Dynasty Happy Hour as well. So do a little bit of fantasy as well. Oh, excellent. Well, Andrew, it's been a real pleasure. I promise you I'll get that video to you at some point. I have to think about it, make it a bit special. Uh, but it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. No, I appreciate it. If you're at Buckingham Palace, give that new baby a kiss for me. See what I can do. Go Browns. (laughs) Go Browns.